0: What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at irloneestar.com. As always, you can check out facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug radio. Um that's where Nico has a gif of him dancing while wearing a one piece. it's true. That's right. This is Corey DLG, with me as usual, is Little Brother Nico. That's me. That's right, and we're just hanging out here on a Friday afternoon. That's right, we've made it to yet another weekend. If you weren't sure, if you were looking around, you are like, hey, did we make it to the weekend? We did, we're there. That's right. Now. Fin- we finally made it, boys. That's right, that's right. Dry land is not a myth. I have seen it, and it's the weekend. Um, I think I mixed metaphors there.
1: That's okay, that's all right. I, I thought you were just quoting... Waterworld.
0: I mean, I started to, but then I went back to the weekend. Like, I gave up on it halfway through. I guess that's fair. Uh, much like Kevin Costner in Waterworld. <laughs> uh, you know, rewatching that movie, it's not so bad. I uh, always liked it, though.
1: Yeah, I, I watched it not that long ago and was confused because I didn't start it from the beginning.
0: Oh, so you thought it was the postman? Yeah. You're like, he hasn't delivered mail once, this whole movie.
1: Yeah, why are we on a boat? Why is everything underwater?
0: <laughs> this is almost exactly like the postman in real life. Do you remember when, maybe this isn't like the happy-go-lucky thing to share on a Friday edition of Dirt Thug Radio, but do you remember, when, you might be too young anyway, uh, when like everyone was kind of afraid of the postman because like three different postal workers went crazy in a year?
1: Uh, no, but it does feel like it's, it would be something, like, I always thought the mail was weird in general. (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) Is this the episode where we find out you don't believe in the mail? What are you talking about?
1: Well, like, it's just such a weird thing, because it's, like, it's, like, it was, like, the backbone of, like, so many things, like, I think of, like, stamp collecting The mail is just weird, right? Am I the only one who thinks the mail is weird?
0: I I guess I'm not sure what you're getting at. I mean...
1: Like, I'm supposed to just give a person a letter, and he's supposed to take this thing all the way across the country. They used to mail
0: children in the mail, okay? Right, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You can put a stamp on a potato, and it'll get there. Like... You can. You you, You can
1: literally... If you write an address and put a stamp on a potato and give it to the mailman, he'll take it wherever you want.
0: Really, that stamp is the power to just send anything you don't like away. Right. From babies to potatoes to letters. To letters. I'm tired of all of these letters. You know what else is weird to think? So... Mm, mm, mm. We're basically – I was going to say we are, but we're essentially – I'm going to caveat it a little bit. We are essentially the most educated at any point of our entire history of the country right now, right? Like, this is the most educated America that we've ever had, probably. Yeah, probably. Most – for the most part. Is it weird to think that people used to write and send letters all the time, and we completely abandoned the art of writing?
1: Uh, Not writing, but writing letters, yeah. Because there's no need for them anymore.
0: But we don't even – do we pin pal? Like, I mean, we don't even do that. Like,
1: no. Well, that's why it's such a, like a big thing. That's why it's always like a story or like a social media trend when someone's like, "Oh, I, I pen pal the prisoner, and
0: now we're friends." That seems like the one person to pin pal because like they can't ever meet you, right? Unless they murder people and get out of jail.
1: And they can get out of jail, like.
0: Not everyone stays in jail for their entire life. That's the person I would pen pal. I was going to call somebody in jail for life. Just so I never have to meet them.
1: Yes, I'd only like to talk to the third degree
0: murderers. <laughs> yes, thank I'm, you. I'm specifically looking for someone who will never be able to meet me in person. I don't know if you want to mail that person. Well, uh, it's okay. I'm going to tell them my name is Charles Barkley.
1: That's fair. They'll probably do an album with you. <laughs>
0: I'm Charles Barclay. I don't know why. That's not even like really <laughs> not like that. That was miserable. Uh, <laughs> some guy good- named but Charles it is, Barclay. It, it is weird to think about that. Like we don't do any of that anymore. So like people dumber than us, less educated than us, with less skills, we're like handwriting these letters to each other, and we can't even we can't even call each other back
1: well it, it was like it's like the pendulum swing right like we've gone like too far in the direction of like we have access to so much information we don't use it now correct like but the I'm, entirety but
0: of the world's knowledge is at our fingertips at any given point and some people just refuse to google things <laughs> or or only go to four websites that are made by a guy in his basement
1: right yeah like it, either way like like the entirety of humanity's knowledge is stored in this magic internet box and like still we use it to like like me like I use it for gaming stuff like <laughs> how productive is that? None at all I'm not advancing the human race here I'm I'm watching grown men play with plastic toys on the internet <laughs>
0: that's fair. And I guess you could say that you like you you make like electronic friends with people overseas like you could have a you. You could have like electronic pen pals now.
1: Yeah. And that's something like normally you couldn't do anymore because even with the advent of the mail, you know, sending stuff overseas is still hard. Even now, like if
0: even now, COVID hasn't proved
1: that right anytime.
0: (laughs) I've tried to mail a comic book to some guy twice now. Um, Actually, he was the artist on the first issue, on the second issue of Another Day at the Office, the first miniseries. I've tried to email him. I've tried to physically mail him, like, his, his copy of the comic. A couple copies of the comic book, like, three times now, and it's come back from Italy every single time because I guess I'm getting the address wrong. You're not paying enough postage. I always thought that was weird. No, because I do it at the post office. Like, I give uh-huh. them – or not – I go, I go to the shipping store for it specifically, and I give them the address. And they're always like, okay, it'll be like $48 for FedEx or like $9 for, UP- or for UPS. And I'm like, well, I guess just UPS it and it'll just get there when it gets there. And instead it comes back to my house. I was never going to get there. <laughs> it was never going to make it anyway. Um. So yeah, I don't, I mean, I just, I think it's interesting that we're, we're like worse off somehow. Like we can't even do the thing that, imagine the generation that was farming and coal mining and working in factories and power plants and all that and somehow these people were sitting down once a week and writing a letter to like their grandmother and they're like dear Dolores I yearn to see the sunrise of a fine Kentucky morning but yet I toil underneath the grounds bringing charcoal to the world like like what are they you know what I mean like
1: (laughs) well I feel like I feel like I feel like you're overestimating how poetic everything is because like like, I don't know, like, <laughs> like maybe, maybe, maybe we did all speak like that at one point in letters or other times it would have been like, hey, ma, hope you're doing
0: well. But we don't even do that now. Like right now there's, there's 40 mothers listening to this program going, my son hasn't called me in three months. Yeah, I don't know. That's also true. <laughs> like, we don't even text, hey, ma, how you doing? <laughs> Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Two
1: weeks later, he got a responsive. Of- I'm dead.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Return to sender. address E murdered. What? That'd be a rough way to find out somebody. somebody you liked was, wasn't alive anymore.
1: Send. Back on a letter with just, like, the thing on the outside just says, been murdered. <laughs> BRB.
0: B- BRM or BM. Yeah. Been murdered. But, uh, yeah, there was a time, though, where the post office, like... They had two or three people who, like, brought guns to work and shot up their local post offices because they were – and that's when the term going postal came to be. Really? That's where that's from? Yeah, and we're talking about, like, mid to late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, wow. Um, but then all of a sudden, like, comedians are like, oh, look out, he might go postal on somebody. <laughs> oh, shootings were funny. <laughs> What's well, wrong with the
1: 90s? It was like the worst time ever, apparently.
0: You, you know what's like trying to explain to people how different just a couple decades ago was. It's really hard. Like uh, during the election, obviously, Joe Biden was a prominent politician in the 80s. And some people were like, yeah, a lot of the stuff he said was racist. And I was like, the 80s were racist. Like, I don't think people realize how racist the 80s were. We were like, whatever. No. I don't know. But like, if you go back, if you watch a movie, any movie with a black person in it, you're like, oh, my God, the 80s were awful. Um, and there's no, like, there's no wiggle room to it. There's no getting around it. Like, um, there was a movie franchise called 48 Hours. It was Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. And in the first one, Nick Nolte, I think, calls Eddie Murphy, like, nine different uh, kinds of slang that are not complimentary for black people. Like, I think it just comes up for all of them. Right um and they're all terrible but you're like come on nick like if you watch the movie now you're cringing like the whole every time nick dolty opens his mouth you're like this guy worked in hollywood for 20 years like what are we really and then it's like you find out like it's in the script and murphy's like it's cool call me you know okay cut do it again <laughs> <laughs> you're like jesus
1: yeah um, like time like again, like we always have that rose-colored view of the past, anyways. True, I uh,
0: I read an article the other day that really kind of, um, kind of kind of encapsulates what you're talking about. So, Christina Hendricks is uh, she's an actress. She was in Mad Men. She's in a couple other things. She's in Good Girls, which is one of my favorite shows on network TV, uh, and it's about the soccer moms who are like counterfeiting money and working for like the cartel or something, trying to. They're just trying to make it in the modern America. And it, it, it touches on a lot of things, and it's, it's an interesting show. But Christina Hendricks is this gorgeous redheaded woman with, um, I mean, to be polite, the largest set of lungs that I think I've seen on TV. Um, yeah. uh, a, a girl with future lower back problems, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so in Mad Men... When the women started getting attention in the show, originally the show was kind of about the guys because John Hamm is this incredibly handsome dude and the cast was all well-dressed and drinking whiskey and had these great lines and the show was awesome. Well, then as they shifted the focus from the men to the women, every time they would interview Christina Hendricks, she said basically she had to answer a question about her bra in almost every interview she ever did. Um, And you start to realize, like, man, that's kind of crazy. Like, that show's only, like, you know, 9 or 10 years old. You know, she's only 44. Like, it's weird to think that, like, even just 10 years ago, people were like, so tell me about your bra. It's like, uh, what? Yeah, Uh,
1: like, no shame, no hiding it. We're here for what we're here for.
0: Well, Scarlett Johansson used to get really uh, ticked off doing all the presses for for the Marvel movies. Because, like, they would give these great questions to Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Thor and everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, tell me about the evolution of your character and all these different things. And they'd be like, Scarlett, what was the diet like to fit into the Black Widow costume? And she's always like, what? You just asked him about his character and then I've got to answer the food question? Like, and then this was...
1: guys. Real progressive here.
0: <laughs> there was a great... Robert Downey Jr. does this, he, this... The two of them, I don't know where the clip is from. I don't know which Avengers movie it is. But they're sitting there, and the, and the reporter asked two questions. He asked one to Robert Downey Jr., one to uh, Scarlett Johansson. And he asked Robert Downey Jr., he's like, talk to me about the kind of like the journey of your character. And then to her, he literally asked the salad question. And Scarlett Johansson kind of is like, what? Why did, Why is everybody just, really, the salad question? And Robert Downey Jr. was like, uh, Scarlett, why don't you go first? It seems like everyone's more concerned about what you ate. <laughs> it's really a funny thing, because it's like they're here to talk about a movie, and people are just trying to be like, you look so slim and pretty. How'd you manage?
1: How'd you do it?
0: Um, but it doesn't go both ways. I want to kind of say that. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal did uh, Southpaw, the boxing movie. Mm-hmm. And he looked he looked like a boxer in the movie. He was incredibly cut and in shape and fit to do the movie. And, I mean, everywhere he went, people were like, what was that like? Like, how'd you do that? and he was like there's no like special way to do it like uh, i was in the gym 6 hours a day and counting every calorie as i went like
1: it was like it was like the same way anyone can look like that a lot of time <laughs> working out
0: yeah and it's eating well way too much time in the gym and not very much time eating that's how i turned into that like <laughs> but it is sort of like i guess we're all looking for like the witty, easy answer for stuff like that, but I don't know.
1: No one, no one likes, no one likes real answers of "Ah, uh, yes." Like, I spend a lot of hard. I, I spent a lot of my time working hard and doing things diligently to achieve the goal that I wanted. Right. Everyone's like, "Ooh,
0: I don't want to do that. I yeah. hate
1: working diligently at something for a long time to re- achieve a result that is admirable."
0: <laughs> right. Like, oh no, that's not fun at all. Yeah. But I like.
1: Do- they're like, do you take protein supplements? Do you, do you take creatine? What did you What did you What, what did you do? What did you do? Was
0: there a pill? Was there a magic pill? Did you take the magic pill? Did you do the magic pill?
1: Right. Did you I use did... your Hollywood sorcery magic? <laughs> I knew
0: it. It's all CG. I was wearing a green suit. If I was ever in a movie and I was in shape, that's how I would answer that. How'd you do it? I actually didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey.
1: They just They just took my head and put it on someone else's body. It's my yeah. stunt double, really.
0: We brought in a guy in phenomenal shape and we painted my face on him. That's it. That's how we did it. Yeah. Science. I'm going to make up a fake name and thank him. Yeah. Shout out to Billy, Billy Eagleham. He was my, uh, my body double and all that. Good work, buddy. Making me look good.
1: Some random. They find some <laughs> random guy on Twitter and they boost him and he's like, I don't know. I've never met this guy in my whole life. I'm not in the movie. I don't know why he's doing this to me. <laughs> oh know. Oh, it'd, be it'd be better if he was credited in the in the credits <laughs> like his names in quotes
0: <laughs> that'd be the way to do it you were like how'd you do it uh, i didn't green <laughs> <laughs>
1: screen it was it was my it's my good friend uh billy eagle and it's like in the it's in the credits people
0: are like no he's right here <laughs> or or better yet like you I gave up one and a half million dollars of my salary for them to CG in my body. Right. <laughs> so how many cents did you? None. I literally actually sat in a chair and read my lines out loud for six hours one day. I just
1: they, voiced the character.
0: I didn't. Even, they, I wasn't even there. They CG would the rest. I've actually never even met Chris Chris Hemsworth.
1: <laughs> it's like the it's like the, is it the Justice League shoots or was it. <laughs> There's all kinds uh, of movies nowadays. It's like, oh, I've never even met the other people of the cast.
0: Army of the Dead was like that. There you go. Nitaro, yeah. She only met one of the other cast members because there was a scene where they were, like, directly interacting. Blimey, uh, she's never met, like... She had met the rest of the cast. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and, I guess spoilers alert, because that movie's already been viewed a billion times. She's one of the longest lasting characters in the movie. So the idea that, like... She's she's evil. never met anybody. <laughs> it's also
1: brutal. also that was the that was the that's the Snyder movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was the one that, that has convinced everyone that maybe Zack Snyder's not that good at his job. Um,
0: there's a lot about that movie that's really kind of uh, we can get into this here. I think this is a good spot to get into it. Um, so first of all, there's a lot of weird stuff in that movie. At one point, they're shooting a zombie, and it looks like he's a robot. Which, which calls a lot of weird internet videos, and then some other internet videos that say you can see UFOs flying around in the background. All kinds of dumb stuff in this movie. Um, but more importantly, Netflix released a making of, and I'm partially convinced that they did it so people would stop blaming them for the quality of the movie. There's a lot of like. Weird...
1: I 100% believe it.
0: <laughs> there's a lot of like weird fuzziness to this film. A lot of things have like weird lens flares and odd optics that you don't typically see in movies. And then you find out in the making of. So, like, people are literally, if you Google Army of the Dead, you'll find like dead pixel question mark. Like, there are people who think some of the cameras were messed up when they filmed this movie. Not a good sign if you're a director. Um, right. Like,
1: because it, it, it was the same thing in, because um, I know in Sucker Punch. Some of some of the some of the shots, not all of them, some of them just have like this weird haze border around the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like, oh, like a dream, but it's not consistent in any way.
0: Right. It's not a theme that he carried through, therefore it's not like it's just not a theme. theme. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not carried through the whole story, so it isn't a theme. (laughs) So you find out in the making of that they took a bunch of old digital cameras and rebuilt them and that's what they used to do these movies why because that was the quote unquote look zach wanted for this film
1: yeah he's i'm convinced at this point he is pretentious
0: and is cheating everyone out of millions of dollars oh super pretentious um Part of the way they shot this movie is they basically had to recreate Vegas, right? So they, they did this thing where they – there's a construction equipment. There's a construction thing that can, like, laser scan all the surfaces to kind of rebuild it in a computer so you can make sure everything lines up and 3D model and render and all that. Right. Um, and they used it to basically make a digital copy of Las Vegas. And then they took that, and then they rebuilt it digitally. Then they destroyed Las Vegas, and then they built that set, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but as they're talking about it there was just something in the way that he kind of would talk about everything where he was like yeah I'm, I'm you know I've been making all these big big movies and I, I just wanted to do one where I was like I'll just shoot it myself you know like and then he says something that makes me think like maybe he's never been on a movie set where he goes he goes you know that way I can shoot it and I can say to you know talk to the actor and say hey that was great but let's try let's try it this way or let's try it that way and I was like, I wonder why he thinks he can't say that if he's working on the set of Justice League. Like, wouldn't he still be the director? Like, wouldn't he see it and go, "Hey, give it to me another way"?
1: No, not at all. He's, <laughs> he's never like, again. He's I'm, like, I don't want to. Like, I don't. I don't usually say this, but he feels like a hack. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, usually I don't say that because I don't like you know. I don't like dissing people who are creatives in general because it's like you do who you, you do you. I, I honestly have no idea. Like I don't know the first thing about directing, but like every time, like like it feels like someone's like Brozak Snyder's like the greatest director since you know Steven Spielberg, and it's like yeah, but he's not because all his movies are terrible. <laughs> right. It does
2: seem <laughs>
1: like his greatest achievements are like six out of ten at best.
0: It does seem sort of like, like there's just
1: like weird FOMO of like they're not FOMO but like like this weird like hype around him like he's like the greatest thing since sliced bread but he's never done better than a C. <laughs> yeah
0: there is sort of this weird obsession with him right and I think it's I mean I don't actually know why honestly I don't know why.
1: Because like everyone's like oh he made the best Superman but like Man of Steel's not that great. <laughs> No, exactly. He
0: didn't really make
1: the Batman, best Superman. Batman versus Superman is a straight up
0: just is a bad movie. It really S- is Sucker Punch isn't a good movie. <laughs> I like Sucker Punch, but I don't. But I think I like it just because it's such a crazy movie. Like I don't right. like it. It doesn't it's, hold up. Yeah, like, it's fun and it's like popcorn, just like like even something
1: like Guns Akimbo. Like that yeah. movie is honestly like super dumb and fun and like the dialogue's cringy. But Daniel Radcliffe is really fun to watch and like the premise is hilarious. Even if the movie's not great, it's still fun to watch. Right. No,
0: you're right about that. Like that's kind of the
1: But like the and but even then, even the plot is holds up to some kind of scrutiny a little bit. Like Sucker Punch falls apart completely.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, you're not wrong.
1: Like either either you either take with the because either you just go all in and be like, yeah, no, this actually happened that's what they did in Guns of They're like, yeah, this isn't a dream setup or anything like that. No, yeah, he literally this, had guns stapled to his hands. Right. And he shot people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about that. But and I also think it wasn't a, like No, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it like it wasn't really amazingly acted or anything. It had a lot of people I liked and they did a lot of cool Things visually, and a lot of the short stories were interesting, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, it wasn't overall a great movie. 300, it was a good movie, though, yeah. Um, and I, I think I like it's weird to say, but like he peaked
1: way back then,
0: yeah. And he's kind of just sort of so with he's, Watchmen, he's... it wasn't that he made a great movie, it's that he shot something that everyone said was unshootable,
1: right? Because a lot of because I've heard a lot of discourse about the Watchmen movie, a lot of people like it. There's, well, I've, I've also heard from a ton of people that are Watchmen fans that are like, it's not a good adaptation no, of well, the Watchmen.
0: To change the ending. I think his ending is better, honestly. But I don't think necessarily that it's a great movie. It's still a really long, hard movie to watch. And he also does one of the cheesiest jokes in all of movie. Um, in the scene when he uh night owl and silk specter start having sex and they're in the flying owl bug vehicle thing they start having sex and then like it zooms out and it shows the bug thing flying in the air and then the thing shoots out flames like at the end of the scene like it's a it's a bit it's a joke right like Mm -hmm. it's easily the cheesiest they're doing it joke i've ever seen in my life right it's a four-year-old making a movie um also, his choice for music has just gotten more... Like, okay, you know I have terrible taste in music. Yeah, uh, I understand. I, I, I also have terrible taste in music. I, like, the more emo and girl singing it. it is, the more I love it. Yeah. Um, Olivia Rodrigo's album is amazing, by the way. Sour, fantastic. Um, but it's definitely hilarious to hear Zack Snyder's musical choices for these movies, he literally, the entire, he plays nothing but, like, emo versions of songs through the entire Army of the Dead movie. Coming off of all of the heavy female covers that he had in Justice League, like, it's it's like, who hurt you, Zack?
1: Who hurt you? Also, yeah, Army of the Dead is the most, like, Popcorn, gun shoot, zombie movie you could possibly make. All cheesy
0: emo music ends with the acoustic version of "Zombie" by Cranberries. I'm going to die. That's awful. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's not. It's not good, guys. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. Like. <laughs> I actually thought to myself right before, like as the film is winding down, I actually thought to myself, I was like, man, I'm really impressed. Like it was so on the nose and so cheesy. I was like, man, I'm really impressed that he's not, that they're not playing zombie by cranberries. And then acoustic guitar started streaming and it's like four notes. And I'm like, "Mm, I think this is zombie by cranberries. And there it is. It is. I literally had just said to myself, I thought to myself, like, really impressed like he he held off on that one because everything else had been so like on the nose about this movie and then there was final song <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know what to tell you chief like he's
1: he's definitely not good no no and it's the weird thing is that people want more of it
0: oh they like... think he's fantastic oh yeah they're doing a yeah. the german guy's funny i'll give him that the german guy's funny uh, then they, a, want, they want more
1: we're getting an obvious... another version
0: of the Justice League a yeah. third version and there's an obvious sequel planned because the guy's getting off the plane in Mexico City and he's been bitten by a super zombie so so yeah it's, it's all terrible it uh, really is though like, okay Nico we're at a good spot here where you're going to tell everybody about the adventure begins comics games and more
1: uh, something I actually care about yeah. The adventure begins, Comic Games and more is open and at full operating hours. Uh they have their events rolling up here. Let me make sure I have all my dates right. So it's Friday, June 4th. So Today. Yeah. Uh Today, June 4th at 6 p.m. is the Star Wars X-Wing casual meetup. Uh all levels and ages are welcome. Saturday, June 5th at 2 p.m. is the Pokemon meetup. At June fifth, Saturday, also six p.m. is Hammer Time, uh, Warhammer tabletop Warhammer, and Saturday, June fifth, also at six p.m. is Magic the Gathering Commander meetups. So you can come on in and play some Commander with uh, some of the guys there. Uh, I haven't been to these events, but uh, you know that sounds like something that'd be really fun. Right there, the it begins right there, at 1488. Uh, I know next Tuesday, so that's July, June, not July, oh God, June 8th, yeah, June 8th is the pre release for the Digimon tournament. I will be there. Um, So if you want to come up there and hang out and play Digimon with us, there's the pre release event. It's $25. Uh, you get six packs. Uh, and I think you get all the pre release stuff. So there's like promos and all kinds of cool pricing there. So right there at the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More. they got all your nerd needs, your comic books, your uh, board games, card games. Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More right there up at 1488.
0: That's right. That's an exciting place. It's well-lit, family-friendly, and staff's awesome. We definitely recommend getting out there. Um, before we do anything else, I just want to remind you guys that Comic Conro is coming up. It's going to be July 23rd to the 25th. Tickets are $35. Kids 8 and under get in for free. Uh, what we're going to do here is we got a few more minutes of show, and then we're going to wrap up, and then we're going to finish today's episode re-airing the interview from yesterday with Scott from Comic Conroe. I just want to kind of let you guys hear him, make his case for coming to see him and hang out with him July 23rd to the 25th. Uh, we're going to be there. Uh, we might even get a table there now, it sounds like. So we're going to be hanging out all weekend up there in Conroe, and you should be hanging out with us, too, right there, our very own convention. Yeah, right there at the one-star convention center. It's exciting times, man. Yeah, so um, I, I have an interesting thing that got told to me to, uh, the other day. I was talking to BMAC of Space Cadets, mm-hmm. um, and the last couple of Heroclix sets haven't been doing very well for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, House of X, honestly, was kind of a, kind of a dud for him. And he's still got plenty of Fantastic Four stuff lying in the shelves, so it doesn't sound, it doesn't look like that won't win all that well for him either. So my expectation was that Wonder Woman was also a dud for him. So was I asked, wrong? so I made the comment to him, it was, there was stock on the shelves, and I said, so has Wonder Woman been pretty rough? And he goes, no, actually, I, I sold through my entire first order, and this is my second order of Wonder Woman. Wow. Um, total surprise to me, completely surprise to me. Um, I don't, I honestly, um, yeah, I'm a little surprised by that mostly because I didn't, I don't, I look at that set and I'm very disappointed. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in it too.
0: Oh, and the chases don't make sense. They made Jessica Cruz a Green Lantern and part of the chases, but the rest of the chases are the Joker's Secret Six. Like, why did they do that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, like, why make the Green Lantern part of this? Others, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, it definitely feels like a, oh man, we kind of ran out of Super Rare slots. I'll just put it in the Chase slot. It's fine.
0: Right. Oh, and then the other part of it is uh, they brought back the War of Light stuff, like the Lanterns and Constructs, at least. And I don't, like,
1: was somebody begging for that? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, they've been out of the game for years at this point. But
0: I, I have not heard one person be like, man, I really this guy needs a construct.
2: Yeah,
1: maybe
0: not, but
1: I mean like I liked it. Not the actual gameplay, but like the flavorful fun stuff, yeah.
0: But but think about this. So these guys come back and does this mean all constructs are back in now?
1: No, because it's 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 like one per character. They can do their one thing basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, but <laughs> they could have just let them have an extra power on their card. They didn't need a construct. Yeah, but people like all the extra stuff.
1: Like it, they the hero clicks has been moving towards that like every good character has an equipment or has like a thing that they do. Oh, I don't know, like that guess. makes them like cuz I mean like they've been doing it for ages cuz like they had like this the infinity stones and they had well, like all like the gear from sense. Thor.
0: The Thor weapons kind of make sense because it is kind of a neat idea. Like, what if someone else has the hammer? Like, stuff like that is neat. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, again, like, but, like, I I think that was my least favorite
1: time because the only, like, there was very few good pieces of equipment and, like, all the best ones
0: were on chases. Right, that is true. And then on top of that, like, if someone had Mjolnir, they basically were winning because they put it on, like, one of diff- eight different characters and that was it.
1: Right, yeah. Now they're Now they're charging you with a range value of eight because that's fair
0: (laughs) running shot range of eight (laughs) or no they can do close combat eight squares away or something like that
1: yeah it's it's close combat but their range value away and you're like oh yeah that's super fair (laughs) i'm about to get blades from halfway across the map that makes sense
0: this seems fair oh close combat expert yeah no of course of course three perplexes yeah why not why not Ten squares are playing death. Yeah, okay, it's fine.
1: Yeah, so like I'm, I'm kind of fine with them being like, oh look, they have a little construct. They can like you know set up a wall or something. I don't
0: know. I, I feel like there was no need to create the extra, the extra pieces. They could have just made it a power on the card. I mean, um, you're probably right, but you know, people, people like the extra bits. I never knew I was like a Scrooge McDuck until right now because I'm totally, I'm totally, like, I don't, like I didn't need the constructs at all. Yeah. Didn't miss them, didn't want them. The idea that oh, the Wonder Woman pink lasso, oh, like no, I don't care. Like get this out of my face. You
1: just don't like it. I think you. I think. You, like I, think I think you're just having. You're just having horror flashbacks to War of Light range of yeah. War of Light range of ten. I replace then. I I I half and then replace. I'm gonna hypersonic uh, pulse <laughs> wave you from forty two squares away. <laughs> it, I think it, you're just. I think you're just having Vietnam flashbacks of the. Fourteen attack range of twelve. My PTSD is six damage. War of yeah. Light. yeah, yeah, six oh. damage. You can't do anything about this. Right. Four to hit for fifteen. <laughs>
0: I'm rolling a I'm rolling a sixteen on your eighteen defense.
1: Does I have mean- to not I have to not crit miss and I have three probs. <laughs>
0: yeah. Does that mean if you crit miss, I still lose? <laughs>
2: uh when when yeah. the number
1: when the number you have to roll on your dice is lower than the damage you're doing i don't i don't think we're in good territory yeah that
0: that should be a rule
2: <laughs>
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm rolling, rolling four this is good damage
1: <laughs> i'm rolling i need a four on this attack doing eight all right <laughs> like if you're doing eight, you have to at least roll an eight this is this is why Warhammer sometimes makes sense because you have to roll more dice.
0: Well, yeah, with Warhammer, you're rolling dice for like every guy who's shooting from that platform or whatever, and it's like, oh, nine of them hit you.
1: But <laughs> yeah, but like, you got Like, it like at least it makes sense because it's like you roll to hit them, and then you roll to wound them, and then they can save it still. So like, the games aren't just like, oh. I got the Alpha Strike. Now you're just automatically dead. Yeah, and Hero Click sometimes did feel like
0: that. That's you're not wrong about that. that All was right. the thing. Let's uh let's wrap it up right here and then we'll jump we'll go to break and we come back we'll we'll go right into the interview here. Uh, on behalf of little brother Nico and myself on the adventure on behalf of the Adventure Begins, Comics Games and more, and of course Comic Conro, uh, gonna be this July twenty third to the twenty-fifth. $35 tickets. $800 gets in free. Make sure to use the code NTR5 to save $5 at checkout. Uh, Kevin Sorbo is going to be the main guest there. It's going to be exciting times. We're going to be there hanging out. And um, come hang out. Come have a good time. Come represent for Conroe because that's a lot of what this is about. It's about getting our own convention. So we're not always driving to downtown or to Dayton or to Dallas or to everywhere else. Like We deserve our own convention at this point. So right. come at Conroe, July 23rd to 25th. Uh, come hang out with us. Um, on top of all that, man, just let's all make sure we're getting our shots and staying safe, staying clean, staying healthy, washing our hands, wearing masks for a little bit longer, and then we're all done with this, I think. Um, but yeah, it's building up, and we'll see you out there July 23rd to 25th. This is Dirt Club Radio. You'll hear us again on Monday at 2 p.m. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun, nerd-assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of NerdThug Radio, just reminding you that if you're interested, if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, The Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from d and Adventurers League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information.
2: This is Rudy Tomjanovich and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio.
1: Uh, welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. This is an interview with Scott of Comic Conroe. So this is an event taking place July 23rd to the 25th. So this weekend here locally in Conroe, right there at the Lone Star Convention Center. Uh, Scott, bring you to the show, what's uh, what's what's your background? What makes you want to start here in a uh, local Conroe?
2: Uh, well, let's see. My background is, is uh, I have been in and around the comic industry probably for 25 years. I'm serving currently uh, with uh, I have my own business doing uh, uh, animated and uh, comic-based uh, T-shirts. I have a printing company out of, out of spring. I have a lot of customers and uh, uh, frequent uh, reorders through the Conroe and uh, Woodlands area. So uh, when an opportunity came up to do a convention around this you know, hobby, uh, I thought it'd be very nice to have something in the, you know, the Conroe local area instead of just in a big city of Houston or all up in Dallas, do something local. I mean, that's that's
1: really cool i know we've i've seen you before at these uh, these conventions cause i know you've been going for quite a while yeah we always see you at the the bigger ones but you know it's it's something neat that you get to really see you know something so local so like you know you said you're you wanted to do something closer to home so is there like a particular reason or like if there's something that well drew you to the convention center
2: um well specifically uh to be honest with you um one of the crazy things about the industry, anybody that knows Comic Cons and has been around them knows that there's probably every every month, there's at least one, possibly two in the Dallas area, whether it be anime or comics or gaming, something along those lines. There's going to be some sort of event going on where people that are in the hobby will will have a place to go and have a good time. Houston doesn't have that. Uh, Houston is very much dominated by two large events with a couple, uh, smaller events scattered around, but usually those smaller events are very small. Um, one of the things that we found, uh, the, the, it's not, I I don't want to claim this is just me. We have a group of us working together. Uh, but one of the things that we had noticed is in the Houston area, if it's not comic palooza, which is the big show, uh, or anime Matsuri. Uh, there's really not a lot. You have Delta H for anime and you have OniCon down in Galveston and a handful of very small, what we used to, what we in the industry call old school comic cons, which are just kind of that, uh, this, the stigma uh, or the, um, stereotype of a show that's just old men in a basement selling comics at a hotel or something like that. That's a very swap meet-esque, like. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very, um, um Uh, upscale flea market uh Mm -hmm. where it's just uh they're great opportunities if you're a collector but if you're a casual fan there's really not a lot to do there it's it's a shopping and that's it so what we wanted to do was bring uh like like a nice mid-sized show where one of the negatives or or criticisms of the large shows is it's really focused on celebrities and unfortunately because of the way it is built it's not their fault but just the side effect of being focused on celebrities is that you have to make sure that celebrities can see thousands of people. So you usually your interaction with a celebrity is, okay, you have 20 seconds, get your autograph, move to the line, stand here, get a quick picture, move on. At best, you might get one quick question. Sometimes the celebrity will take the initiative and do something more because they're, they understand that the fans want to be involved. And, you know, they'll try to make it even better for the fan. But a lot of times they just they don't, their tans are tied. They're trying to get through 50,000 people that are at that convention that need, you know, to, to have an opportunity to meet them. So their, their time is very, very limited on something like this, a midsize show, like we're trying to create it, it allows to the, the celebrities to be more involved. Um, I mean, we'll be having cosplay karaoke with the celebrities. Um, yeah. uh, meeting greets with the celebrities where, uh, Kevin Sorbo is planning a, uh, a special meet and greet where you'll have two hours with, with Kevin Sorbo, um, in a smaller group with literally 50 to hundred people. That's it. And it'll be, he'll be doing a uh, presentation of one of his older episodes of, uh, Hercules, I believe he's doing on this one. Uh, and, uh, you'll get a chance to, to kind of watch him do a behind the scenes, of what it was like to film the episode, little special things that happened, almost like think of a MST three K uh, watching of a show uh, where you he'll be making jokes and talking about behind the scenes things. That's you'll never get an access like that at a larger show. Yeah, and I think that's really the benefit of a lot of these of this smaller uh, smaller show than something like Comic Palooza. Yes, yeah, um, and then and then like I said, you know, there there's definitely a purpose of a large show like Comic Palooza. You You know, we will never have in uh, Jeremy Renner, I'm sure. I mean, I'd love to think we'll get that big at some point. But, uh, you know, at that point, you become that large show and then you defeat the purpose. Um, Right. (laughs) One of the things we've noticed as far as the Houston market goes is Houston. And this has nothing to do with comics or anime or gaming or anything. Houston is a very isolated uh, market or very different market from other uh, areas People don't travel as much in the Houston area. They tend to stay in their particular areas. People from Katy don't go to Baytown. People from Baytown don't go to Sugarland. People from Sugarland don't ever make it up to Conroe. People tend to, in this city, stick to their general neighborhoods. We say general because obviously you can't stay anywhere in Houston without <laughs> making a little bit of a travel but it's uh, at least 20 minutes anywhere relevant exactly we don't we don't tell people how far it is we tell people how long it takes to get there exactly Uh, so um yeah this is we realize that um because of the way houston is if you want to reach the people in conroe and the people in the woodlands people in the spring people in huntsville you kind of need to go to their area so that's this is the first thing we're going to north houston this is our first year show it'll be here in, in conroe This will be a regular every year event, but that's not the only show we're going to do. We have plans to uh, include shows in Katy, include shows in Baytown potentially, include shows in possibly Galveston. We're looking at venues that will host this kind of a show that can fit this size. So if you do live in one of those areas and, and you can't make it out to a show up in Conroe, don't worry, something's coming your way. There will be other opportunities to do something along these lines closer to home. Yeah, it's something on the horizon. And,
1: uh, oh yeah, you can use our discount code NTR five for five dollars off those uh, those tickets. Absolutely, uh, cometconro.com mm-hmm. I believe. All right, you can purchase your tickets. They're only thirty five dollars, but you can get them for thirty dollars uh, using our discount code NTR five. Yep, NTR five. Uh, so uh, before you... I let you before we before we move on, uh, I wanted to ask a little bit more about the guest. So, like, what was the what was the process in talking to these people? Because I know really? that we we've had. We've had her a fair share of no's and
2: maybes oh, yeah. and
1: uh, well, I'll this, think about this it.
2: <laughs> year, this year especially was uh, – and I, let me be clear. I have worked with and helped on a lot of other shows in the past. Um, this is just the, the only one I've done close to home, to be honest with you. I've worked with uh, several shows out in West Texas, one in Dallas. Uh, another partner that's working with us has worked with New York Comic Con three times. You know, these are a lot of these shows, they kind of walk in and they just say, hey, I have I would like you at my show. And the person just says, oh, oh, I I know that show. Yes, absolutely. This year, uh, new startup shows always have a little bit of a struggle anyway, because they're not established. Uh, But this year especially was, you know, trying to say the least due to COVID. Uh, We had probably for every guest we have announced, we were turned down by 10 to 12. You know, and, and it is strictly, you know, it's, we totally understand that some people are just not ready to get back out there. I think they're loosening up now, but we needed people that were willing to be announced a lot earlier. So we went with people that, uh, you know, we, we felt good about. You know, we're doing a little, if, if you haven't seen the updates to the site, we've uh, we've just announced that we have uh, Chris Casamasa who played Scorpion in the original uh, Mortal Kombat. And we have Keith Cook, who played Reptile in the original Mortal Kombat, and Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Both of them are coming. Uh, also, Keith Cook was in King of Kickboxers, and Chris Casamasa played uh, in the original uh, World Martial Arts Championships. Kind of you know, iconic, old-school shows that people might remember. We also have uh, Michael Capon, all of them were willing to come out and be guests at a show that, you know, really, we weren't 100% sure was going to happen because we didn't know that COVID was going to be over when we had to make the plans for this. So right, yeah, there's so much planning a more nerve wracking than what a normal show would be. Right. I <laughs> imagine so, because getting
1: anything started, especially nowadays, has been just to the general sense of like, was well, everything just going to explode again? Are we all fine? Are we? Can I go outside now? <laughs> Yes,
2: exactly. Is it, is it safe?
1: Yeah. Do I need to I stay in my little bubble? Yes.
2: Well, and I think uh, luckily um, uh, our timing has been very good. Uh, even Comic Palooza is uh, has scheduled to go ahead and do their convention this year, uh, which they're being run by the city. So if anyone is doing it, and, and Comic Palooza is going here, I think we'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, cause um, you're the weekend right after, so. Yes, exactly. And we have, uh, you know, everybody's got, you know, you know, we're. Our our policy is very simple. Uh, As long We'll be following every state guideline that's been issued. If there are no state guidelines, which it is currently, then masks will not be mandatory. But we do strongly recommend if you feel you are in a high-risk situation or if you have not been vaccinated yet and you would like to be extra cautious, if you're going to wear a mask, please, 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 this is just a general point that we want to make. If you're going to wear a mask, please wear an N95 mask. They are readily available and they are way more effective than just wearing a cloth over your face. If you're wearing a cloth, you're really not accomplishing a lot. And if you are high risk, I would much rather see you be safe and wear a actual effective mask that's going to do a a much better job of protecting you. Uh, Other than that, if you're you're vaccinated and you want to come out and have a good time and be in a safe environment, we're going to be it. All right, that is Comic Conro down here. Super local right here at the Lone
1: Star Convention Center. Very By low. 23rd to the 25th. Use code NTR5 to get $5 off of your tickets right there. com. Come hang out with us. You can see guests like Kevin Sorbo. You got, you got Sub-Zero and Scorpion from the Mortal Kombat movie. Honestly, I unironically think this will be the more remembered Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, we, we just announced, and it actually has not even gone up on the website uh, as of today. As a matter of fact, I believe when this airs, it will actually have just gone up, and your code will be viable for this. We are announcing that we have Team Scorpion and Team Sub-Zero packages that will be coming out exclusive. They will include a metal badge instead of the regular standard badge for the show. You'll get a metal badge. You'll get a exclusive T-shirt for Team Scorpion or Team Sub-Zero. You'll pick your choice. And uh, there's a lot of packages coming with it. Like you'll get a, uh, an autograph included with the, uh, with the guest of your choice of those. Uh, if you want the Team Scorpion, you'll get the, the uh, Chris Casamasa autograph. If you want the Sub-Zero team, you'll get the uh, autograph from Keith Cook. And uh, there's a, a lot of little special gimmicks and things that we're throwing into that package. That's going to be a very nice package, including a three-day pass. Rate right on it is $75 for a three-day pass with a metal badge and a t-shirt and an autograph. Oh, you won't sweet. get that price. That's less than the price to get into Comic Palooza for two days. Right, exactly. Get an extra uh, day and a lot more along oh, with it for less the price. Big bang for your buck there. Oh, yes, definitely. And like I said, uh, if you are a big Scorpion fan, you can support your team. We uh, we're really big pushing uh, or bidding, be, making a big push for the uh, the team. Support your colors uh, <laughs> at the show. Yeah, so it's gonna be great. We'll see you
1: there at Comic Con, row July twenty third through the twenty fifth. Get your tickets, uh-huh. and they even have the special tickets coming up. So yep. be sure to support your team. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you, Scott, for coming on the show oh, talking no about uh, the Thank new show you. coming
2: up. Yeah, we look forward to seeing everybody out at, at Lone Star Convention Center.
1: All righty, Thank you, guys.
2: Thanks.
0: Hello, Conroe. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanting to let everybody know that there is a comic book convention called Comic Conroe. Coming July 23rd through the 25th, right here at the Lone Star Convention Center. Interested parties should go to Facebook.com backslash Comic with two C's there in the middle. And people interested in buying tickets, they're only $35. Kids 8 and under get in for free. Interested parties should also check out using the discount code NTR5 for a $5 savings off their ticket.
1: Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio.